If you're just joining us today, we've been talking about some strategies that could protect your wealth as we prepare for the fall economic statement that's expected to be announced in the next few weeks, along with more information on the increasing wealth taxes. I'm Wayne Nelson, and you're listening to Talk to the Experts. My guest today is Norman Ewing from Macmillan Estate Planning. A reminder that the Macmillan team will be hosting a virtual webinar coming up Wednesday, October 18th at 6.30 p.m. Now, you'll need to register ahead of time. Just call Macmillan Estate Planning at 1-833-266-6464 during weekday office hours, or visit their website for more information. It's macmillanestate.com. Norman, before the break, we were talking about the uh, the AMT, the Alternative Minimum Tax. What other tax exemptions now do you recommend that families take advantage of these days? Wayne, there are four basic exemptions that the CR make, CRA makes available that I recommend all families take full advantage of, as well as a couple of very timely strategies that many families who we work with are in, implementing at the moment. So the first is your primary home. A lot of people think as they age, they should downsize because society has told them that they should. It's just what people seem to do as they get older and less agile. But one thing to bear in mind is is that if you are downsizing to reduce your workload, you should not be downsizing the value of your home, as you would then be downsizing your tax exemption. Your primary home is an asset that's growing tax-free through both yours and your partner's lifetime, and it's something that can be sold tax-free to pay for elder care later in life. So instead of selling your house to buy a third-floor apartment, instead go for the penthouse, as it were, uh, to keep the value while still benefiting from this move. Sure. So you've downsized in terms of square footage. You've downsized in the uh, in means of being able to look after that place, but you've retained the value, which, as you said, is your primary asset. And you're still keeping that large tax exemption. Yeah. Now, younger people that aren't looking to downsize at this stage in life should be looking to upsize whenever they can for this exact same reason. Statistically, we'll be passing away in our own home when we're older because we're living so long. So the important thing is to make sure you're comfortable and content in that property. That certainly makes a lot of sense. If those younger people can get into a home, uh, get that down payment and uh, make those payments, uh, difficult times these days. Uh, What about the second tax exemption? Yeah, the second tax exemption that we're looking at is the tax-free savings account. Now, in 2003, there was an increase to all of our limits by uh, $6,500 per annum, and that takes a lifetime uh, maximum TFSA contribution room to $88,000. you would be surprised how many Canadians are not maxed out on this room, however. If if you're sitting on cash in a non-registered account, uh, you might want to think about putting that in a TFSA so you're not paying tax on the growth of those funds. And I think it's important to note too, Norman, that when you put money into a, a tax-free savings account, you don't just have to keep it in cash. You can invest that as you would uh, in the stock market or mutual funds or whatever. There are some restrictions, I believe, but uh, they've got some great options there to give you a greater return. You know, these funds are tremendously flexible. And so as you point out, Rain, Wayne, you know, you can, you can invest in, in a wide variety of, of, of different things. Um, you've also got the flexibility to, to, to pull out of those, um, pull funds out of, of, of the TFSA, um, you know, if you have needs, um, and you can put them back in the following year. So there's, there's a tremendous flexibility in how you use these um, and how you invest in them. All right. Uh, registered Retirement Savings Plans. Uh, this is what a lot of Canadians have grown up with. Um, how effective are they? 
Well, to think about these, uh, you know, it's it's not a uh, tax exemption, it's a tax deferral. So what we're doing with an RSP is, uh, you know, we, we make a deposit, we put money in into it, uh, and then we get a tax write-off for that. It grows tax deferred um, while it's in there. Uh, and then hopefully when we're in retirement, uh, maybe we're in a lower tax category uh, when we start paying the tax on it. Um, and even uh, with respect to that, there's exemptions available. Now, I've talked with Sherry about this before, talked with Paul Lindsay. Uh, both have been on uh, this show. And just because it's a tax deferral doesn't mean that there are not strategies that people can take advantage of. And I guess that's the advantage of being able to consult with uh, folks like yourself at McMillan so they can find out exactly the best way to maximize the use of those RRSPs. Yeah, we see clients come in and uh, they've been working through their life hard. Um, they've been saving, they've contribu- been contributing, um, they've built up um, a large amount um, in these RSPs. And, and that's a good thing, um, but we've got to remember that it's a tax deferral. And so um, how do we take that out? How do we minimize the taxes as we draw that down? Um, and that's something that uh, we do have strategies that we can uh, um, go through uh, as we dig into deeper uh, tax planning with clients. All right. At the start of this segment, Norman, you talked about four basic tax exemptions. What's the fourth one? Well, the fourth one is the capital gains exemption. Uh, This is a lifetime capital gains exemption for small business or perhaps a farm. So in order to uh, qualify, uh, you have to have an active Canadian uh, business or farm. Now, not all of us have that, uh, but for those that do, this is an area that we need to plan thoroughly uh, to make sure that we're making use of this exemption to its fullest potential uh, and benefiting uh, our tax situation. Okay, let's split that, if we can, into businesses and farms. Let's address the, the business aspect first. Yeah, there's a little bit, uh, you know, different uh, amounts in value, although they're, they're getting a lot closer uh, now these days. For an individual who owes, owns shares in a qualifying small business corporation, um, they may be able to claim 971000 or more in lifetime capital gains exemption when those shares are sold. Now, as only half of the uh, realized gain is taxable, uh, the actual capital gains deduction limit is 50% of the capital gains exemption. I like how the government puts that into nice round numbers, 971,000. They couldn't just say a million. (laughs) Well, we're thinking uh, in in a year or two, maybe we'll be at a million, right, Uh, as they keep bumping it up. All right, let's talk about farms. Yeah, for farms, uh, it's a little bit more of a round number, right? So for individual who owns farm property, maybe it's an interest in a family farm partnership, uh, maybe it's shares in a family farm corporation, they may be able to claim a 1 million uh, lifetime capital gains exemption when the farm property is sold. And again, we're looking at an actual capital gains deduction of 50% of the capital gains exemption. Oh, is that for the entire farm? Is that for the, the, the primary farmer, so to speak? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, this is a uh, this is a per-person lifetime capital gains exemption. And so, you know, if there's more people involved in the farm, maybe it's a couple, maybe it's a bigger family, um, you know, there's more opportunity uh, to save taxes. And, you know, sometimes we'll work with our clients to restructure the corporation or the farm operation uh, to make it even more valuable. And I guess that's the important part, too. This is proactive planning. This is not after the fact going, oh, my God, look at all these taxes I owe. There's only so much that a good estate planner can do. You know, after the farm sold, uh, maybe we can't, uh, um, you know, minimize taxes to the full extent. So that's why it's good to look at this ahead of time. 
Yeah, so go on, uh, take a, a, a consultant. <clears throat> so this would be a good opportunity to uh, to sit down with uh, with yourself or some of the other folks at McMillan Estate Planning and and uh, and have that initial consultation to find out where you are in terms of your estate so that uh, a plan could be put together. You know, we can walk you through what assets you have, what the potential tax liability is on those assets, um, and then get into the strategies of how we can minimize that. Yeah, I guess, uh, Norman, that a lot of people uh, would typically be using an accountant and not saying that there's anything wrong with an accountant, but it's a whole different level when you sit down with an estate planner. You know, depending on, uh, you know, who you're dealing with, uh, you know, sometimes accountants are focusing more on the compliance side of things. And so, uh, you know, it's it's filing your tax return. Um, you know, it's dealing with the requirements of the CRA. Um, but it's not that, that proactive planning. So, you know, sitting down with us uh, is looking at the big picture um, and seeing how we can reduce that tax bill. All right. We'll delve into a little bit more of the specifics of the tax planning when we come back. We're going to pause for a break. A reminder that the virtual webinar will be taking place Wednesday, October 18th at 6.30 p.m. Now, to register, contact McMillan Estate Planning at 1-833-266-6464 or go to the website at macmillanestate.com for more information. Norman Ewing from McMillan Estate Planning is my guest today, and we'll be back with more on Talk to the Experts.